0: chapter 17 if uh, you can be seated if you want to you can stand with me it's all right we'll have church amen but I, i've got just a few things that i need to stay to say this morning in the book of first samuel chapter 17 we see the picture of when the philistines stood against david actually he stood against all the armies of israel defying the armies of israel there's one little thing that i want to key on here and i i have several scriptures that i could have read but just, I want to read just a small group of scriptures right now. And the main scripture that I want to read Starting in verse 44, it says, And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. And, then, and uh, then said David unto the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that all of the earth shall know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and a spirit, for the battle is the Lord's. Somebody say amen to that. And he will give you into our hands. And verse number 48 is my subject this morning. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David that David hasted. Everybody say hasted. And ran toward the army uh, to meet the Philistine. The Bible says that David hasted and that he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I want to talk to you for just a few moments this morning about Momentum about momentum. You see we're talking about something moving. And something changing, brother Stephen. If you'll just play lightly behind me, I, I just feel the anointing in the house today. I, I, I won't be I won't be very long because I've got to say this, and then we want to pray about what God is doing. But I'm telling you that something happened in this series in this scripture passage here, and this is oftentimes something that we miss over because we look at David and how he began uh, to to uh, to try on Saul's armor, and we see that in the scripture that he. That he goes out and he tries on Saul's armor and it doesn't fit. And we talk about this great giant. And sometimes we get to looking, brother Dave, like I talked about last week. Uh, we look at the great enormity, uh, the enormousness of the wall, but we don't look at the door and even smaller, the locking me- mechanism that we have the key to. We look at the enormousness of the situation. And oftentimes we look at this scripture right here and we see Goliath and we see David and we know it's the the small guy versus the giant. But he's, he said, "I didn't come." to you with a sword and with a spear I came to you in the name of the Lord of hosts amen and I'm telling you that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds amen casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ we don't have weapons that are in this natural world our weapons are spiritual but I'm telling you in this verse right here in this verse number 48 the Bible says that David got up and he made haste. He went hastily. And the Bible says that he ran toward the enemy. He ran toward the armies of the enemy. I'm telling you right now that even, even if I feel like I'm being pretty tough one day, I'm not just going to go to some people that are my enemies, much less one giant but a whole army full of enemies and I'm not going to just take off and run toward them. I've got a little more common sense than that. I know that I don't know how many of them it will take to whoop me, but I know how many they're going to use. As many as it takes. Amen. I and I'm telling you that David but something happened here in the scripture that we don't that we don't pay attention to you see David began to take off running he began to gain some momentum brother dave as he was running toward the enemy the bible says that he the next verse says that he whipped out a stone out of his satchel and he began to swing it around and i believe he was still in run when he did it i believe he was just running just just spinning that sling and running and going toward his enemy because he saw something he saw what he needed to do and he he, he had intended it in his heart that God said he's going to give me this victory. I don't need to know how it's going to happen. All I know is I need to run headlong into the enemy and face what I need to face. And so he started running and he slung that that rock at the enemy. And we all know the story. Goliath went down and David chopped his head off and gave it to the host of the Philistines so that the birds of the air could eat it. But I'm telling you that that was what was happening in the natural. But I'm telling you that in the spiritual, something was happening. When David David took a stand when David said I'm getting ready to go run toward the enemy I'm getting ready to push on toward the enemy I'm not going to let him beat me down this Philistine had been yelling at the people of God and defiling the, the armies of, of Israel all the way along for weeks and he would come out and he would uh, talk against God's people the enemy is all the time talking against God's people trying to defy the power of God but I'm telling you David said I've had enough I've had enough of hearing what the enemy is going to do and I'm not going to just stand here and hold my ground he said I'm going to make some momentum going his direction and so in the natural he was moving but also in the spiritual there was a freight train that was beginning to move there was a powerful blasting of the spiritual realm around us we know that, the, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual wickedness in high places Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us but I'm telling you this morning that David as he began to run something was happening in the spiritual and it was spiritual momentum that was getting that was taking place let me show it to you Um, uh, you need to understand this morning that the definition of momentum many of us don't even understand what momentum really is momentum is a physics term it is the product I'm going to write read it read what I wrote down In physics, momentum equals mass times velocity. The property of a moving body that determines the length of time required to bring it to rest. I'm going to say it again. The property of a moving body that determines the length of time that is required to bring it to a stop. When under the action of a constant force. Verse uh, number two, easier to, uh, to understand definition. Strength or force gained by motion or by a series of events. Strength or force that's gained by motion. And so what I need you to understand today is that we as a church, you as a person, you as a believer, you as a Christian, you as a minister of the gospel, we as a church body, as a congregation, we need to begin to gain some momentum. And there are things that we must do to gain momentum. The very first thing that we must do. And I've got to get a few of these out. And then we're going to go to pray this morning. But we we're talking about something moving. Something changing. Something moving. The very first thing you've got to do to have momentum. Is you got to move. You cannot stand still and have momentum. There is no. It's an impossibility. A scientific impossibility. A spiritual impossibility. You cannot stand still where you are at. And have any momentum to do anything. You can't talk about the momentum that your church has all you're doing is just standing still and you're not doing anything, if there's no fruits of what you're doing, if there's no uh, how we're reaching out and how we're affecting the world around us, if there's no guests coming in, if there's no salvations being, if there's no people being baptized with the Holy Ghost, you can't have any momentum by just standing still. And so in order to gain momentum, you got to move. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to move. Matter of fact, standing still is the only place where momentum does not exist. You can have negative momentum and positive momentum, but momentum just simply does not exist where you're standing still. Second thing is that you got to be moving towards something, you got to be going somewhere. If you're going to have movement, if you're going to have movement in your life, then you've got to begin to look towards something. The Bible said it like this. Paul said I press toward the prize for the mark of the high calling of Jesus. I press on. I've run my race. And he said I'm looking toward the hills. I'm looking toward the prize. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. I keep my eyes up, turning my head. Listen, I need you to understand that when you look at something and you begin to gain momentum, if I'm running a race, I do not I do not look over here while I'm running the race, Brother Day. I, I want to take off running this morning. There's a spirit of run in the house, but I, I, I'm telling you, uh, uh, can you imagine running a race? Have you ever walked through the woods? I know several of us have walked through the ro- woods, Brother Tim back there. Uh, I, and, and if you walk through the woods and you and and, and you you're looking down, I, I have a bad habit of looking where I'm walking, and the next thing you know, I'm walking like this, and I was going over there, and. And I'm looking like this. Ask brother, ask brother Tom. He was in the woods with me the other night. And I said, I think the field's over this way. And he said, no, the field's right there. I mean, I was 90 degrees off. I don't know where I ended up. I have no sense of direction because half the time I'm looking down. Just making sure I don't trip over something. And I'm telling you, you can't run a race. You can't gain momentum going towards something. If you're looking the other direction, you will just begin to veer. And so you've got to get your eyes on something. You've got to put your eyes on Jesus. You've got to put your eyes on what God is trying to do in your life. Because if not, you're going to get turned to the right or to the left. And you're going to miss what God has for you. And you're going to miss the prize that's at the end. Because you can't keep your eyes straight. You've got to keep your eyes focused. Movement has to happen for momentum to be gained. Second thing that has to happen is speed. Speed. We said that the definition is mass times velocity. Velocity is speed. You see, the goal is to get faster. Brother Dave, every time a runner runs and he works out every day, he's running to get faster. He's running to push his body and begin to do more and get faster and get better. I'm telling you, the goal is to get faster no matter how long it takes. Now, that's an oxymoron. Get faster no matter how long it takes. Look at your neighbor and say, get faster no matter how long it takes. Even if it's slow, get faster. You see, we've got to grow in the Lord. Here I go again. It gets hot up here. I was dancing down there, but I had the you know the frigid air blowing. Amen. I'm telling you, we've got to get faster. The thing about God is that you gain momentum, you gain speed with God, even if you're going slow. It blows your mind. This is that's an interesting concept. Uh, you can go slow in the Lord, but still gain momentum. Have you ever seen a train that was beginning to take off? It takes it a little bit of a, a little bit of time to get moving. Chug, 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 chug. Especially if it's, got a, if it's got a big old cargo. I don't have time to preach about that. Especially if it's got a lot of junk in the, in the trunk. But you get that train, you get it up and running. It doesn't get to speed very fast, but it gets to speed. It can go fast, but it takes it a while to get there. And that's okay, because we must grow in the Lord. We must grow in the Word. We must grow in faith. And it doesn't have to happen fast, as long as you don't slow down. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't have to happen fast, as long as you don't slow down. The problem with most church folks, the problem with most Christians today, is they get zealous for God, and they take off in a sprint. And then all of a sudden, a hurdle comes or something gets in their way, or they turn their head and they shift their direction, whatever it is, just the littlest thing, and they begin to slow down what they're doing. And God is saying in this place this morning, don't slow down. If you started at a sprint, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to keep the pace. Listen, I, and, and I'm not—I'm not sorry because I started in a sprint with the Lord. That's just how it was for me. And I got on fire with the Holy Ghost, and I began to run. But I need you to understand something: that no, there's nothing worse than feeling the Spirit of God all over you and being a praiser one week and feeling God and man—you're up here and you're shouting and you're dancing and you're spinning around. But then the next week you done hit a hurdle, and then the next week we can't even get you to stand up for praise and worship. What happened is you got slowed down, and God is saying in this place this morning. Well, whether you start fast or whether you start slow, you need to not slow down. If we're going to gain momentum, if you're going to gain momentum in your life, if you're going to gain momentum with what you're doing in your marriage, if you're going to gain momentum in your ministry, if you're going to gain momentum at your job, if you're going to gain momentum for the kingdom of God, then you cannot stop. You cannot slow down. You've got to keep whatever pace you are at, you've either got to stay there or move forward. Move forward in the Lord. Move forward in His Word. Move forward in your faith in what he's doing. But you cannot slow down. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't slow down. We can't slow down. I don't care what pace you're going, but don't slow down. If you have to maintain for a little while, then maintain for a little while. If you need to get yourself in shape to stay where you're at and just get... Get good at what you're doing, then stay good at what you're doing, but do not regress. I'm telling you, I look around at a church that consistently is a roller coaster of up and down. We're accelerating and decelerating. We're going up and we're down. We're, we're, we're aggressive. We're regressive. We, we can't figure out that God wants us to be stable. He wants us to be constant. He wants us to be pushing on toward him with a constant speed building. And then the, the, the other thing that you need is, is weight or mass. You see, too many times we let speed and movement happen, but we lose our momentum because we let everything that we gathered that gave us mass fall off along the way. I'm gonna, I, need, I need to paint a picture of it for you so that you understand. Imagine the train again, and the train's got a bunch of cargo. The cargo is what you've learned along the way. It's what it's what you've been taught as you were gaining speed, your cargo it's it's got you going, and I told you that 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 momentum is mass times velocity, so mass has a big part to do with this. And what I see over and over and over again is I see a bunch of Christian people who gain some knowledge, they gain some wisdom, they gain they gain some some word knowledge, they gain some faith, and they get some st- they go through some stuff. Anybody ever been through some things in the house? Anybody ever been offended in the house? Four people's been offended. The rest of y'all got thick skin. Praise God. Amen. I've been offended before and I had to learn how to get happy in them same shoes and I had to learn something about being offended. Amen. I had to learn something about when people provoke you and when people do things to offend you and that you need to still learn from that and that becomes cargo on your train. Learning how to go. Learning how to keep the fruits of the spirit in your life. Learning how to not offend somebody else. We all want to talk about the victim. Let's talk about being the aggressor. How many of us have ever offended somebody before? I think everybody in the building Ought to be lifted in their hands. I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, you've probably offended someone along the way, and most oftentimes you even know when you offended them. And so we should learn from that, and that should be cargo on this train that we are taking, and we should be going on. But what happens is we we get some speed going, and I've seen this over and over again. Someone who's rooted and grounded in God, and they seem like they have some substance, they've got some maturity in their life. But the next thing you know, they get on fire for God, they get some speed built up but all of a sudden it doesn't take anything to derail them or stop them why because they let everything they learned along the way fall off when the speed came you've got to exercise wisdom with what God has done in your life and then you see we forget the lessons that helped us to get to where we're going a train with no cargo is much easier to stop so if weight and mass times velocity is physics i'm reminded in the scripture jesus preaching with me it's just so good she's crying it's the anointing bless her jesus you see the the scripture says that there's something that's weighty matter of fact there's a word called the glory it's the kabod the literally translated, the weightiness of God. Anybody ever experienced the weightiness of God? The glory of God. We were, we were singing, we were praising, we were worshiping this morning saying, let your glory, let your glory fill this place. Shekinah glory, come down. Shekinah glory, come down. Let your glory fill this place. I'm telling you, if you want to become massive in God, if you want to become weighty in God, then you've got to begin to let the glory flow over your life. If it's speed and mass that determines, uh, velocity and mass that determines what momentum is, then I'm telling you we need more than ever before to have the glory of God, the weightiness of God on our life. And this is the second thing that I need to talk to you about this morning. It's simply this. Momentum shifts. I talked to you about momentum, but I need to talk to you a little bit about momentum shifts. What shifts momentum? Momentum. What shifts momentum? A couple things can shift our momentum. One, force. Let me explain to you a different way. Let me make it more spiritual. Forces. Forces. The forces. The spiritual forces around us can sometimes shift our momentum. We were talking about a while ago, you don't run a race and turn your head sideways. Why, why would you even turn your head sideways? Because a force is pulling on you to look in the wrong direction. Because there's something that is forcing your eyes to turn away from the prize that is Jesus. And I'm telling you that sometimes there's a force. Uh, Connor, come up here and let me use you for just a second. I, I like this. I've not been able to do this since he's been living in our house. So here I go. Um, this is a force. Come back up here. I need to try it again. Don't fall off that, okay? Here we go. It's probably going to be like a tank. He won't move. I feel better now. Now, that was forced. I forced him over. And sometimes, listen, we think that the enemy's hands are tied. We act like the enemy is completely weak and can't do anything. We talk about like that, but then we live a life that says something else. But the reality is the enemy sometimes is with brute force coming out. Listen, Goliath had, had God not been on David's side. Goliath had slew a many men. Goliath had killed a many a person because this giant, this Philistine, was no slouch of a, of a killer. He was. The Bible says he was the champion. You don't get that name, the champion, just by being big. Just because you're big, you're not a champion. The Bible says that he was a champion, and I've looked up the definition of a champion before, and I haven't looked it up recently, but I'm telling you that a champion means one who has not been defeated. It means one who's not lost the battle. So he, had, he was undisputed, undefeated up until he went against the one with real momentum, the one with the real spiritual momentum. When he began to come against the armies of the living God, uh he he wound up finding out that he wasn't the champion. He may have been a champion, but he wasn't the champion. But I'm telling you that the enemy will sometimes push you and force you off of course. And and so we need to understand that that we need to uh, begin to be able to move and and sidestep and get a little bit light on our feet and maybe become like Muhammad Ali and rope a dope a little bit with the with the enemy as he's pushing on us. Because I'm telling you, attacks will come. The one thing that will that will that will mess up more baby Christians or more young Christians than anything as they feel this this honeymoon with God and they feel like things are going really good and then along comes the enemy to blindside them and then they feel all this wrath of the enemy and they think, whoa, wait a minute, what happened? And all of a sudden life isn't as good as it ought to be. Why? Because forces came against them. And sometimes that force is God. Sometimes the force is the enemy. Sometimes the force is God. God will shift our momentum Sometimes he will shift us because he will notice that we have gotten off course a little bit and he will shift. But his shift is a gentle, loving touch that will guide us and lead us. Amen. And the second thing that you need to have momentum shift is time. If a train is moving. I like this train analogy last week, what was it? Hamburger. I don't know where that came from. If if a train is moving, we, we all understand that, you know, a freight train, you get like that, that term, that cliche, like a freight train. It comes for a reason. You can't slow down a train very easily. You definitely can't stand in front of a train and stop. You know, if a train was going two miles an hour, I couldn't stand in front of it and push and stop it. If it was going like a half a mile an hour, I still would be non-effective to put my feet and just stand and try and stop it. It may not be going very fast, but it ain't going to stop for me. You see, it takes a force. But I'm telling you, think about how to turn a train. You notice that, that trains, they don't have curves in their tracks that are like 90-degree turns because they've got a momentum that is going one direction. And so if you're going to turn a train, you've got to turn the train slowly. So what does it take? It takes a force and then it takes time. And with enough time, even gravity will stop a train with enough time and distance, even gravity will stop enough train. What 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 am I trying to say spiritually today? If you slow down long enough, it doesn't even take the enemy to stop you. Your complacency in front of God will stop you. Just gravity. Just not doing anything, just stopping what you used to do that used to work for God. All the things that you used to do for God, the things that you were working and building the kingdom with. uh, If you do nothing, uh, you do nothing for God long enough and you will become stopped, dead, stale, none. Especially if you add just a little bit of friction. And I'm telling you, if you stop in the Lord, friction will come. How many times have we seen, man, we're going places with God, all of a sudden we hit that, that rough spot, we, sl- we, we slow down what we're doing. Each and every one of us, we slow down what we we're doing for God. Next thing you know, we're fighting with our spouse. Next thing you know, the kids are acting out. There's some friction that begins to happen, and it's all for the sake of slowing you down, stopping you, because the enemy wants nothing more than to stop you, to stop you. But I'm telling you today that God wants us to build momentum to build some momentum in this church we're we're, we're gaining ground if you look around we're gaining ground. There's momentum that is happening even in our church, even week after week. It, just because we don't have a, bi- a stellar crowd or a, a record-breaking crowd every single week does not mean that we are not gaining in momentum. Why? Because we're not slowing down, Brother Larry. I've made it up in my mind that we're not going to slow down. We're not going to back off. We're not going to let anything detour us. Even when the forces come against us, I'm telling you that we're still going to press on toward the mark. We're still going after something. I'm not going to get complacent. in in my in my our, our lack in my movement toward what god has called us to do and so as we've gone one year through this thing and we're just crossed the year threshold of us being here i'm telling you that we are gaining in some momentum but we need more we need to push on we need to press more we need to press farther we need to do more because i'm telling you that we've got to momentum we've got to gain more cargo we've got to gain more people we've got to gain more faith we've got to gain more word knowledge we've got to gain more of God I wish somebody in the house would get on board with me because the train's moving all four of us praise the Lord today today God is telling us Some of us have stood still way too long. Something's got to move. Something's got to change. I don't know about you, but I've been in places in my life where I'm like, I don't know what's over the hill. I don't know what's on the other side of the fence. But right here where I'm at is no longer good enough for me. Right here where I've been, this scenery's been nice. Maybe you're not just sitting still. Maybe you've been riding on this little, this this certain pace for long enough, and you're tired of seeing the same things pass by, and you're ready to do something different. It doesn't matter what's over there, but I'm going over there. Where I'm at will not work for me any longer. It was good for this season that I'm in. What you've been doing may have been good for this season that you're in, but God is saying, push your momentum. Go on to some more momentum. Get some more momentum going in another direction. Get get going for God. I'm telling you, we've got to get going for God. I wish somebody would hear me in the house this morning. We've got to gain some momentum, church. We've got to push on because I'm telling you there, uh, that, that there's coming a day when there's going to be some momentum come out of heaven. He's going to be coming out with fire in his eyes and a two-edged sword uh, that goes out of his mouth. Amen. He's coming. Uh, The Bible says that he's coming and the armies of heaven are going to be behind him, clothed in white linen, fine and pure. I'm telling you, there's a momentum that's getting ready to come on the clouds of glory and I'm telling you, it's an unstoppable force. It's stronger than any freight train that's coming our way. I'm telling you, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is coming back on the clouds of glory and it's going to be an unstoppable force. It's going to be an unstoppable stoppable momentum. He's coming to rule the nations with a rod of iron. I'm telling you, he's coming and he's going to have momentum, but we need to gain some momentum before he gets here. The church has got a job to do. The church has got a job to do. What's our job? To compel them to come in, to go out and noise it abroad. To go out and preach to the maimed and the lame. To go on the highways and the hedges and preach the gospel. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the good news. Amen. The spirit is on us. Because we got to gain some momentum in the house. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back and he's going to come back with momentum when he comes. There ain't nothing going to stop him. He's going to have all the massive weightiness of God and he's going to have the velocity of the spirit and he's going to push on and there's nothing going to stop him. But I'm telling you, I know what side I want to be on when he comes. I don't want to be on the, on the side of his enemies. I want to be on his side. And I'm telling you today, if you're in this house, you can be on the Lord's side and he can shift your momentum. Maybe your momentum has been going in the wrong direction but I'm telling you he can shift your momentum. He's an unstoppable force and he will. if you will run into him I guarantee you he will turn you around. Anybody that d- that dares run into the Lord just go into him. Just run toward him and what happens is when you hit him he's going to shift your direction and you're going to be going the direction that he's going. I'm telling you if you don't know who he is this morning he wants to shift your momentum in the house today. I'm reminded of the story of the prodigal son. We're talking about David running out to the Goliath but I'm reminded with the story of the prodigal son that as the son returned the, the, the father seen him from afar off and he said that's my boy over there. Gained some momentum when he was going to him. He grabbed a hold of his son and he wrapped the robe around him. He put a ring on his finger and said let's have a party. My son's returned. I'm telling you if you don't know Jesus like that then you need to run into him this morning and he will shift your momentum. Stand to your feet in the house of the Lord with me there's a momentum that needs to be taking place. Matter of fact, Brother Dave, there's a momentum that we are gaining right now. I'm telling you right now, that, listen, we've been here a year, but I'm just getting started. I don't feel a bit tired. I don't feel a bit worn out. We've pressed on. The Bible says no man haven't put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom. I don't know. I put my hand to the plow here, and we put our hand to the plow here, and you all have put your hand to the plow here, and we're just getting started. I'm not feeling weary and well-doing. I know that I get to reap if I faint not. I'm telling you this morning that I've got as much pep in my step as when I came a year ago. We're just getting started. There's a momentum that is getting ready to build in this place, but I can't build it alone. I can pull, and I can pry, and I can and tug and do everything else, but y'all are the train. I can I can't stop you if I wanted to if you get moving, but I also can't start you if you don't want to. So today, I'm telling you, we need to get a momentum shift. Brother Stephen, if you begin to play, something's moving. Something's changing. I think in our spirit this morning, you need to say, I'm tired of just being tired. I'm tired of standing still. I'm tired of being in a place where I don't feel the spirit of God moving. I'm telling you, I don't care who agrees or who disagrees. I don't know if it's going to be everywhere or if it's going to be in just little remnants, but the spirit of God still works. Is there a revival that's coming in the last days? I don't Know, but if there's a revival, even for a few, I want to be a part of that few. If whether it's a massive incoming or it's just a remnant, doesn't matter to me. All I know is I want to be a part of the momentum this morning in this place. If you say, I am tired of being right where I'm at, I'm ready for some movement, I'm ready for more than movement I'm ready for some momentum to begin to shift my way, many of you in this place, you you felt the movement of God, and you begin to move for God, but then the next thing you know some forces come against you and then all of a sudden you're stopped and you're complacent again and you say, I don't know why it is that every time I get to doing, I feel like I take one step forward and take two steps back, because the enemy is all the time on me, and he won't allow me to have a moment i'm telling you today is your day to gain some momentum and and here's how we do it i need you to understand like i said a train is not hard it's not easy to stop one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand to flight. How? Because there's some power when we are in unity together, pushing toward one general direction. And so this morning, I've got to ask you in this place, if you say, I want some movement, I want some momentum in my life, I want you to slip your hand up right where you're at. I want some momentum. I want momentum in my church. I want momentum in my family. I want momentum in my life. I want my momentum in my word of God. I want momentum in my faith. I want momentum I'm in the Spirit. I want the Holy Ghost to speak through me and to me more than He ever has.